Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, May 25th. In balance, the natural attraction between the sexes ceases to be compelling and becomes merely a subject of interest. Men cease to feel obliterated by women. Noticed at mixed parties how often the men present remain silent. Women, in turn, cease to feel individually bullied by men. Men stop, in a positive way, feeling tenderly protective of women. And women stop depending on men for protection. Both sexes appear to each other as human beings simply, equal in worth, like the two sides of a coin. Well, this is a golden age, Swamiji is describing, and... Praise God, may it come soon. Swamiji remarked to me at at one point that it'll take at least two generations of, of, of people being raised in an appropriate and balanced way, he said, before we'll even begin to see sort of the right relationship between the masculine and feminine, the male and the female, the yin and the yang in our culture really uh, come into balance. We're just we're simply in a in a very complicated transition zone. There has been far too much emphasis on on masculine energy, which has been manifested as a disproportionate amount of power in the hands of the male, and a, a disproportionate lack of power in the hands of the female. Now, I'm not talking about today and yesterday. I'm talking over the last well, ever since we shifted from Kali Yuga into Dwapara Yuga, because that's what we're dealing with. Kali Yuga was the darker age of matter that began to shift in the year 1700, really shifted into the beginning of a higher age in 1900, but it's going to go for 2400 years. This is the cycle of the Yugas that is described, well, it's described wonderfully in a book of that name called The Yugas, Y-U-G-A-S, by Joseph Selby and David Steinmetz, highly recommended. It's talked about in Autobiography of a Yogi. Master talks about these higher and lower ages on the planet. And when we're in Kali Yuga, it's the age of matter. And the the characteristic of matter is that forms are fixed. So when you look at a, a, a female body and you look at a male body, it's a fixed form. And in the age of matter, everything gets very carefully defined. This is a woman, this is what women do. This is a man, this is what men do. And no one is looking, when you you make dogmas like that, we're not looking about the, the yang capabilities of this physical man or the yin inclinations of this physical woman. We're saying, that's a woman, this is a man, form rules. We're not thinking about energy. We're not thinking about individuals. We're just making declarations based on observable, objective facts of the material world. And so 
you know, whole societies, whole cultures, whole planets have operated on because you're in a female body, this is who you must be. Because you're in a male body, this is who you must be. Here's a male, here's a female, this is how you must relate. And individuals would scream and cry against that, um, the narrow, confining reality of that. But society as a whole was absolutely fixed. And over that period of time, the masculine began to dominate. And the male became the dominant force because in the, you know, in the cosmos, the, the male is the outward moving energy and the female is the receptive energy. So if there's going to be a, a, a strictness of form, the male energy is the outward energy and it will dominate. But what happened as we've moved into a higher age is the folly of this has become obvious because I'm not a man or a woman, I'm an individual spirit with my own destiny. And some yin forms contain very yang consciousness, some yang forms contain very yin consciousness. And besides that, we're out of the age of fixed material dogmas. We're into the age where the energy of something, in other words, what it actually is in its vibration and its consciousness, not merely what it appears to be, what it actually is, is, is what we consider to be its reality, not what it looks like on the outside. It's also, we're moving into an age where um, the individual, this is the Dwapara Yuga where we're coming, is the age of the individual, where the individual um, works to determine its own destiny. It's not the ages of of uh, where big social institutions rule. In, spirit, in, in religious life, we see this very interestingly. It's manifested in what people call a lack of denominational loyalty. It used to be that your spiritual life was defined whether you're a Protestant or, or a Catholic or a Methodist or a Baptist or all of these different sort of ways of saying it. And not very long ago, when people would come into a new town, they would find a Methodist church or a Baptist church or whatever it was according to its form, and then they would fit right in. They knew what it was. Nowadays, many people don't even consider themselves religious. They consider themselves spiritual, which is my individual relationship with God. Yogananda's entire mission to the West was to bring Kriya Yoga. Kriya Yoga is a personal inward meditation practice that requires no association with any institution, no relationship with any priest. I can take it into myself, I can raise my consciousness, and I can have my own relationship with God. It's a complete breakdown of the institutional ways of doing things. And we also see a breakdown when we, when we come to male and female, whereas there has been this long-standing tradition of well, let's start with lifelong marriage. You know, you marry and that's it. There's no divorce. doesn't matter whether that becomes an empty shell in which there's no loyalty and there's no love and there's no real support. We must hold up the shell no matter what. In fact, we're damned to hell in some teachings if we step away from it. Or the, the patriarchal energy has absolute power over the female energy and the the... The male energy can do whatever it wants and the female energy is completely bound. Just with Dwapara Yuga, all of that has just been scattered and totally confused. And just 
traditional roles. They just don't exist anymore. Men stay home to take care of children. Women have careers. Both couples work. People choose not to marry at all. People choose to marry and not have children. Just all these different people no longer stay within their clan or their caste or their religion or their culture or their country. It's just all of these forms that just used to hold together. I remember (coughs) reading, I think it was Tom Friedman, some political economic commentator. He, He was... He, he charts in his various books, he charts globalization and the shifting of, of the ages. He's, he doesn't have the principles of Sanat and Dharma, but he observes in a very interesting way. And he talked about the, the, the decline of what he called the nation-state, that the power in the world used to be determined by nations. But he said now, and, and he used as an example the Nobel Peace Prize one, one year, and I can't give you the details of it, but it was won by a woman who started a campaign against landmines because there had been all these wars and then these landmines were left in the ground and especially children were being maimed and killed by the accidental explosion of this, of this weapon that, that was left behind in a, in a zone that was no longer warm. It was just horrible. So this woman took up the cause of these landmines, primarily for the sake of children. And she created a global movement with one computer at her kitchen table. And Tom Friedman was, was explaining, he called her the super-powered individual. This is an age in which one individual, we have that teenage girl from wherever she is in Scandinavia who's been going all around the world talking about global warming. I mean, she's not even legally an adult at this point. She's still an adolescent. But she's a super-powered individual. And she's, you know, breaking the barriers of nation-states because this is the time that we're in. Well, all of this is having an absolutely... Um, in, in, incendiary explosive effect on the traditional relationship between male and female. Because nobody really knows who they're supposed to be right now. And women are exploring, you know, all the potential that they feel has been denied to them for a long period of time. Men are getting the brunt of this stored up anger for for nothing that they personally may have been responsible for, but they're getting um, tarred with the excesses and mistakes of their gender for generations. And everybody's just struggling to figure out where is this all going to end up. And what Swami presents right here is actually extremely interesting, that the natural attraction between the sexes will cease to be compelling but will become merely a subject of interest. In other words, all of us will come to rest sufficiently in our everlasting point of origin in which the um, gender-specific characteristics of the body that we inhabit will no longer be the compelling reality of who I am. I won't think because I am in a female form you know, I can be a teacher or a nurse or a mother or whatever we used to think. Or because 
I am in a male form, then I have to be a businessman and a breadwinner and a soldier and all these things like that. And Swami has this extra touch. Men will, will no longer feel, and he says this, it, that this is a positive progression, this necessity to think that women are weak and need to be protected. Because a great deal of justification for what was actually oppressive relationship was that women were incapable. You know, they can't be allowed to hear disturbing things. Their temperaments are too weak to really get involved in politics. They must be protected from bad noise, bad news. That's what Swami's talking about. He's not talking about, you know, saving someone from being run over by a car or, or fighting off a strong attacker if the woman, the woman is smaller and weaker than the male who can defend her. He's talking about thinking that fundamentally there's a weakness because it's a yin form and it has to be the yang form has to stand in front of it when often the, the female had more, more actual courage than the yang. You just couldn't say. All of that, Swami said, is going to go away. And with it, the dependency on the part of the female person to think that I, I have to have someone to protect me. And, you know, this, this gets very confusing, what I watch now as, a, as a, a female person. I watch women trying to sort this out. On one hand, demanding all this independence, and then on this other hand, you know, inclining to think that somehow we can still be taken advantage of. And I often say we have to, we have to take it both ways. I mean, we can't have it both ways. You know, we either have to take full responsibility for ourselves and we just take full responsibility for ourselves. We can't, we can't claim weakness when it suits us and then demand strength when we want it. But what Swami says, is suggesting here, is that the whole uh, comedy of, of limited identification will simply go away and everyone will be taken entirely on the basis of what they actually are rather than what the form, um, the predisposition of the form would tell us that people must be. And this is going to take time. And in the meantime, those people of enlightened mind, we have to stop fighting about this. We have to really, on a very deep level, you know, men and women, we're, we're all human beings. We're all friends with each other. We're all in this together. You know, there's, there's, as Swami says so simply, there's fundamentally no difference. We're all souls seeking happiness. And we need to make friendship the basis of our relationships. Compassion, friendship, kindness. And relate to each other as we truly are. Not holding each other responsible for the sins of ancestors. But really giving each other the benefit of the doubt and reaching out in true friendship. It will take time. But that's where we're going. So Swami says, in balance the natural attraction between the sexes ceases to be compelling and becomes merely a subject of interest. Men cease to feel obliterated by women. Noticed at mixed parties how often the men present remain silent. Women, in turn, cease to feel individually bullied by men. Men stop in a positive way, feeling tenderly protective of women and women stop depending on men for protection. Both sexes appear to each other as human beings simply, equal in worth, like two sides of the same coin.
God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.